Do you like all things spooky? How about chilling stories that have you reaching for the covers? In this podcast, we're going under the covers to delve into all things from chilling haunts to your worst nightmares. I'm Morgan. And I'm Emily. And this is why we don't Don't sleep sleep alone. alone. Hi, Morgan. Hi, Emily. How are you this week? (laughs) I'm really nervous for your short story. So today's episode is not the first week of the month because we did a two-parter that kind of we felt like it would be mean to not give you the second part because if i had to wait (laughs) yeah i would be a little i'd be a little salty a little peeved and uh we're just picking up where we left off yeah so before we get started though just wanted to remind everyone again that we have released patreon and we do have a trailer up that explains everything that we've got going on on there earthine everything uh because there's no point in explaining it right now on here you are here for this beautiful story that we're about to tell stories stories yeah because this is our segment where morgan and i tell each other a story we just try to spook each other we just try to spook each other and let me tell you i got a real i got i got a real spooky one everyone's been really hyping up your episode and by everyone i mean dylan and faith (laughs) yeah yeah so before we get started just follow us on uh all the socials instagram twitter tiktok facebook Facebook. yep all the things do not sleep alone official at gmail.com do not or if you join patreon there's a way to direct message us through there so it's really easy to get in contact with us yeah send us Um, love notes questions concerns suggestions we love suggestions we really do like you guys don't understand we are so i don't want to say desperate but i'm desperate for suggestions for suggestions because i want to give you guys what you want and i also don't like making decisions so same two birds that's that's my thing is like i'm like will people even like this story yeah kind of like our last (laughs) last week yeah i was like "Mm, this might be a little bit much but let's do it we're we're already halfway there we did it we did it and today i don't want to hype this up but hype it up girl i'm just saying (laughs) Dylan, who was a non-believer, a non shun the non-believer, a ghost non-believer, is shook. He's shook. He has repetitively like repetitively left the lights on at night. We have had I have these twinkle lights that we always turn off. Dylan, you're being exposed. Yeah. And he I've left them on because I got spooked the first night too. Mm-hmm. I'm not spooked about it anymore, which is weird for him to be spooked because we talked about it last Emily's night. Emily's about to be spooked all over again. I'm I'm I, so I think the spookiest thing about it too is that I don't want to talk about it in my home. I was trying to talk about it in your home <laughs> and it's fucked up, Emily. <laughs> now we're in my home and uh I'm real spooked. Mm-hmm. Um at least we're not in your bedroom. Yeah, true. Just the guest room. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, a lot of claims have been made about the story that uh, it is actually cursed as well. Emily, then why the fuck? (laughs) Because I didn't know it until I was done. And I wasn't going to just not do it. Emily, that's why you're not okay. (laughs) Okay. Always read the disclaimer. Listen. I didn't know the disclaimer till the end, right? 
I also do want to say I got a lot of my information, uh, not only from uh, Wikipedia, but I got a lot of this actually from the one, the only, Zach Baggins <laughs> theatrical production, Demon House. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen any Zach Baggins productions, but they're a trip, mm-hmm. you know. Some of them theatrical indeed. Some of them are very, very good. But I got a lot of information from Demon House actually. Mm-hmm. And so the whole thing, Zach Baggins adds a disclaimer at the very end saying to watch at your own risk because he believes it's cursed. Zach Baggins also kind of is a little theatrical. But anyways, I'm going to jump right in here. And we've got Reggie Peggy sleeping next to us for some support. And we're also not recording this in the middle of the night. So that's a plus. Maybe that'll help. Well, this case starts in November of 2011 when... Latoya Ammons. This is recent? <laughs> yes. 2011. <laughs> Get ready to sweat, Morgan. I'm already sweating. My, like, I, my back feels like the prickles before you start to sweat. You know what I'm talking about? Get ready to sweat. You said 2011 and I said... <laughs> that was a rough year for all of us. Sorry, I had a yeah, flashback. <laughs> When LaToya Ammons and her three children, ages 7, 9, and 12, her mother and Rosa Campbell move into a house located at 3860 Carolina Street in Gary, Indiana. And this is actually an hour away from our good friend Faith. And uh, she told me a little bit about the town and how it's an okay town. It's not the best. Mm Mm-hmm. And the house was fairly small with a front screen porch, few bedrooms, a bathroom, and a basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is Indiana where they have like tornadoes and stuff. So they have to have a basement. But this basement was weird. Emily, no. <laughs> so the basement was very peculiar in that all of the floor of the basement had been cemented. So it had like a solid ground except for the space that was directly underneath the wooden planked staircase, which was just dirt. It was just like the, the earth. So if you wanted to grow some plants, you could. It, it could have it been used as, well, yeah, actually. That actually probably would have been a really nice place to grow wheat. Anyways. <laughs> we digress. It could have been used to grow a beautiful indoor garden. Or bury a dead body. Slash possibly do rituals. Either way, it's one of those like wooden plank staircases where it's just like the plank so you can see through it. You yeah, know what I'm talking about? I hate see through stairs. Yeah, it's one of those. And it's just the space underneath it that's not cemented. So everything else was. So it's very weird. And almost immediately when they moved in, things started to feel weird. They had black flies that would swarm around the house and the porch, even in like the dead of winter when everything should be dead because it's snowing because this is Indiana. And every time the family like would think that they're actually gone now because they would like get people to help them get them, you know, get rid of them and stuff, they would still come back. 
And they also started to hear like footsteps around the house. And of course, they hear them coming from the basement. And along with the... (laughs) I told you. Along with the footsteps, doors would creak throughout the house. And Campbell recalls seeing a shadowy figure of a man pacing in the living room of course where she also found a boot print nearby of course yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and things obviously started to escalate and campbell started to be choked by an unknown force (laughs) and ammons's 12 year old daughter was seen levitating above her bed while having a sleepover with a friend and after she came back down she didn't remember any of it only the people around her did. Morgan looks like she's going to cry. <laughs> Morgan, you look like you're going to cry. The Exorcist is literally one of the scariest movies I've ever watched. Even the cheesy 1980s version of it. So I you can't. said levitating, and I was like... <laughs> Triggered. And the nine-year-old son was thrown across the room with no one seeing who did it, how it happened... They just knew that it was supernatural. And the seven-year-old son was seen with his eyes rolled in the back of his head, so just the whites, and repeatedly recited, it's time to die and I will kill you in a voice that was not his own. And something to note is that this is not like her kids at all. Like her kids were actually very obedient. They were like really good kids. And so for them to be acting like this is my heart is beating really hard. Not normal. And obviously some suspicions arose because kids are kind of popping acting off. Suspicious. And so due to the behaviors, uh, they reached out to their physician, Jeffrey Onikuwu. And he visited the house on April 19th and claimed that the family was just delusional and the police were called to take the children to the hospital to be looked at and while at the hospital the seven-year-old son started to act incredibly hostile and was screaming and thrashing again not in a voice of his own no (laughs) no (laughs) and after seeing this DCS was called on the family because they believed, yeah, they believed that the children were acting out and performing for their mother. Because obviously when you're saying... Was she a single mother? Yes. Mm. I mean, she she had her mom there with her and Mm -hmm. like another family member and stuff, but father was not in the house. And during a DCS visit, they saw the seven-year-old acting out. Emily. And started to walk up the wall backwards. Oh my Emily, god. Emily, what was it's that? fine. It's fine. It's fine. I promise. Do you want to take a break? Do you want to take a break? I'm crying. I'm crying. I'm sweating so bad. It's just the house. It's just the fucking house. Reagan didn't get alarmed. If he didn't get alarmed, I feel fine. Or Dylan's up. Okay, continue. <laughs> Are you sure? The Dylan! Sto- <laughs> the story just keeps getting worse. Is that you? 
it just keeps it i haven't even got to like, I just the want worst you to part know if he scares the shit out of us i will piss myself <laughs> <laughs> i will piss myself there's no questions asked are you okay? I'm fine. Do you want to go look, see no, if there's anything in the living room? <laughs> no, I fucking don't. <laughs> okay. I'm just trying to enjoy my donut while you tell me a scary story. Okay. After they see this, LaToya was completely convinced that her child and the house was possessed by demons and asked for Father Michael Maginot to perform an exorcism which he is actually like incredibly known well known and at the time when he first started being an exorcist like be being someone who can exercise exercise (laughs) he was only one of 15 priests in the u.s that were certified to do it my question is is how do you get certified to do exorcisms they're like okay you have to exercise three people they have to lose 15 pounds. No, I'm kidding. They have to be obviously exercised. Like, do you have to go to, like, schooling for this? Probably. You yeah. have to learn, like, certain, probably, Bible verses. and. Yeah. I believe it is, like, a decent process. Mm-hmm. And you have to have so many different things and such like that. But he was only actually one of 15 in the U.S. at the time. Interesting. Now there's a lot more. There's, like, yeah. 150 now. Probably. Like, there's, like, a lot more. Yeah. Uh, which actually... Fun fact. Oh, no. Uh, this is... Are you certified? No. Oh. No. <laughs> Morgan. <laughs> I can't even watch... I would hope that one of us is certified to <laughs> exercise someone. Because now that you are cursing us, literally cursing us, I should feel protected. I can't even watch Paranormal Activity, Morgan. Okay? I didn't watch the last 15 minutes of Demon House because I was too scared. And Dylan watched it, and that's why he's messed up, because the last 15 minutes. So if you guys want to watch the documentary, it's actually really good. Just don't watch the last 15 minutes, because (laughs) that's when it gets you. That's when it gets real spooky. Now I'm, like, really intrigued. I hate that part of my brain that's like, but you want to know. You want to know. Don't Um, you, Squidward. But no, fun fact, uh, exorcisms were on the rise in um, 2020 and 2021 during quarantines. People started to ask for, like, a ton of extra exorcisms out of the ordinary. Fun fact. Anyways, he was asked to come in and performed uh, actually three exorcisms over this time, two in English and one in Latin. And the day before he was going to perform his second exorcism, he suffered an attack while on his bike ride where he was thrown off his bike by what he believes to be a demon so he claimed and he knew this because he said that after he was thrown off his bike he looked at the seat and the seat had been tilted at a 45 degree angle and he said that also while he was on this bike ride he kept getting a lot of weird stares from people that he normally didn't get so that's what he claims interesting very interesting uh, I Emily, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Also, I just want you guys to know, for some reason, not that this has anything to do with it, I feel like us finally getting this recorded took a little bit of effort mm-hmm. today. Like, it felt like thing after thing was like, mm-hmm. you're not going to record this today. And I'm, I'm tempted to just tap out and say, you know what? We're not going to record this. Maybe it's a sign. Okay. My chest hurts yes my chest hurts hurts 
and a strange liquid started to appear coming out of the middle of the window blinds. Absolutely not. Not the top, not the bottom, but in the middle. And even after wiping it up, it still continued to come back. And a new DPS worker actually was assigned to the case because the old one quit after she saw the little boy. And so a new DPS worker got assigned to the case and she touched it with her bare hands and not too much longer her hand turned completely white and she had to leave nothing helped and everything continued to get worse and the family was just basically getting terrorized and they ended up just completely evacuating and after all of the publicity on this house the landlord had to sell the home because no one wanted to live there rightfully so mm-hmm. and all, all was not lost because the one the only zach baggins purchased the house for thirty five thousand dollars and hmm, just a fun fact here's the thing guys when it comes to zach baggins you kind of got to take some of his stuff with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Some of his stuff. Not all of his stuff because obviously like he definitely does have like some legit, mm-hmm. you know, things. But he claims that he had a dream where he was a spirit in like the spirit world. And he was showing the other spirits his like talents. And then suddenly... They were pushing him, and he had no way to push back, and they pushed him over to a 12-foot-tall demon goat man that was pushing black smoke out of his mouth, and he was forced to inhale it. And then he woke up. I apologize. (laughs) I sincerely apologize. Just, just, that's a side note. Just keep that in the back of your head. (laughs) I apologize. And so he buys this house. And he has this dream, like, pretty much, like, very, very close together to when he has the dream. And then he buys the house, not buys the house, and then has the dream. Mm -hmm. It's the other way around. Also, Reagan is really cute right now. So everything is okay. You should... I think my heart rate is 170. I think it's it's really high. I might flatline. I might. And Zach Baggins wanted to do his own investigation on the house and starting started with interviewing everyone that he could that was like around it and he first contacted the policeman charles austin who told him of the incidents and that he believed something paranormal was going on charles austin originally was very skeptical about it because he was like this is like you should see the interviews Mm -hmm. charles austin is like He's the coolest cop I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Like, you really should watch this documentary because part of it is phenomenal. Just don't watch the last 15 minutes. Otherwise, you're going to be scarred for life. And it makes even atheists terrified. Anyways, he's actually started to believe that something was going on. And two days after the interview with Zach Baggins, he was leaving a restaurant and had a, like, terrible fall where he claims his feet slipped three feet into the air and caused him to become unconscious for a minute where he was bleeding like from his head and he survived he had to go to the hospital but he was fine but then also not too much longer after that he was shot in the line of duty but survived that as well so correlation does not mean causation but bad juju is bad juju yes then he gets in contact with the first dps worker 
who said she had she had seen things there and experienced things she couldn't explain and was so freaked out by it she didn't want a part of it anymore and so she actually moved and found a therapist and has been in therapy ever since like trying to like fix herself kind of and she like swears by like she's like nope i i dipped she was not part of their she was not a dps worker that with them for very long before she was like nope i'm done i'm moving i'm quitting and starting over i've seen what i needed to see yep and then a home inspector uh visited the house and on his way home a tree almost fell on his car and he was choked by an unknown force in his sleep and then he also was diagnosed with cancer Emily, and we're going to fucking talk about this story I right now. I told you, Morgan, I don't know what to do. I didn't know it was this bad. So curse me too. And so Zach also wanted to interview LaToya, obviously, but she didn't want to speak on the mm-hmm. manor, which... Don't blame her. I wouldn't want to speak on it either. Her brother actually came out to Zach to speak to him, and then the brother actually ended up getting kicked out of the house because LaToya was afraid that any demons that had attached to Zach from the house would attach to the brother. Mm-hmm. And so she actually wouldn't let him back in the house and he had to move out. Mm. So it's kind of sad, but I get it. Mm-hmm. If your family was so completely terrorized, I would do the same thing. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta protect your family. But anyways, there was someone he could actually interview that used to live in the house. And this woman named Mika had lived there for a few years and was actually willing to visit the home with her daughters and one son. So Latoya had two do- two sons and one daughter. Mika has two daughters and one son. While there on the visit, she claimed that while living there, nothing really happened. But when asked about the basement, she completely changed her tune and said she never went down there because that's where her brother lived. And what she does know is that while she was living in the house, she would frequently have dreams that someone was going to die soon. And then one night her brother was fatally shot and she believed it had something to do with the house, like cursing them, Mm -hmm. but no one ever believed her. So she just kind of brushed it off, but she never went in the basement. I mean, if that's your brother's room too. Yeah. And he was killed. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to go in there either. But Zas asked if she would go down in the basement with him and she agreed as long as he went first and almost instantly after entering she thought her son kicked her and her like leg buckles but then when they look back at the footage her son didn't kick her and wasn't like close enough to her but you do see her legs buckle and as they were leaving they heard a deep voice on the recording say Latoya run and the son actually like after leaving was really scared about the entire house and asked Zach if the family was like going to be okay because he was afraid that the demons were going to follow them home and so that's kind of sad that the Mm -hmm. son was like I'm really worried about this and Zach Zach was like are you like really worried and he was like yeah like like I'm 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 really stressed I'm I'm a little stressed about this and so they go back home you know I'm listening so intently right they now. I'm like, like that's how you know I'm scared. I'm just like. And he's like, next person interview. Calls DPS worker number two and finds out that this DPS worker suffered from three broken ribs due to jet skiing, third degree burns from a motorcycle, a broken hand after just hitting a table, and a broken ankle from running all within 30 days of when she first entered the home. No. 
there's like a lot of Emily, no there's like a lot of i have to drive home after this <laughs> there's a lot of things surrounding this house and not too much longer he actually gets a call from mika again and mika says that her daughter is acting incredibly out of character getting really angry lashing out and then even actually attempt suicide with no signs leading up to it and like had never had any previous type of sign of mental illness or anything like that. And she believed that it was due to the house. And so they reach out to Zach, who then contacts Father Maginot and they perform an exorcism on her. And after this, Zach is like, this house is like bad, bad. Like this is like real. Spooky, spooky. And so he reaches out to his friend, Debbie Constantino, who had helped in numerous past cases where she would contact the spirit world, kind of. I think she kind of would act as like a medium almost. And she tries to contact the demon remotely over the phone. I don't know how that works, but science. When you, you see how it kind of works through the documentary and it's just seems like they just like put her on speakerphone to the house kind of mm-hmm. and she tries to contact the demon remotely and then states that there must be over 200 in the house but there's one specific one that she can sense that's a 12 foot tall demon goat man just like in zach's dreams of course so you know i don't you know mm-hmm. whatever you want to do with that to each their own still what happens next it's really sad because a few months after this, Debbie and her roommate were murdered by her husband. Emily. So everyone surrounding this case consistently just bad things, bad jujus. And lastly, Zach finally contacted a professional, Dr. Barry Taff, who has a doctorate in psychophysiology and a bachelor in biomedical engineering to come to the scene. He has worked on over 4,500 cases of this nature, but this was the first one that changed, like, everything for him. Like, he has worked on, like, he's a renowned doctor. Like, he's worked on crazy supernatural things, and I believe he's worked with Zach before and other stuff like that, too. And after he went to the house, he claimed that the ratings were incredibly high in the house, which... Like, the EMF readings, right? No. No, it's not EMF. They're like it's, the um, fancy, it's a fancy yeah. physics term. Anyways, the readings are really, really high. Like, not normal. But you can also attest it to the fact that there was a lot of black mold in the house, a lot of asbestos and bugs. It's just, it was incredibly run down. And this was not too long after they had moved out so it was really bad when they moved in Mm -hmm. and a lot of people can say that when you're breathing in all of those black molds asbestos all that kind of stuff you can actually start to imagine things and kind of get a little delusional because of all of the bacteria and the chemicals and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. that are naturally occurring so some people like to point that out. I can see how it can make you irritable, like kind of like change your mood. You've probably mm-hmm. got a headache. Yes, stuff like exactly. That. And then the other thing too is that a lot of people will say that 
in addition to that, the original owner of the home mm-hmm. said he's never had any experiences there and never had any issues with it until Latoya moved in. And then there was also squatters that were living there that claimed that nothing had ever happened to them while they were living in there. But the second that they found out that Zach was offering people money for information, mm-hmm. they suddenly said that they had a lot of experiences. Interesting. So a lot of people like to criticize the Ammons family saying that they only claim to have these experiences due to getting money back from it Mm -hmm. because now there's all these documentaries about them. Everyone wanted to interview them, all this kind of stuff. So a lot of people say that they were kind of putting partially a show on just Mm -hmm. for money reasons, which I don't know. We'll never know. We'll never know. Either way, we do know all these people are getting injured and... After Dr. Barry Taff is doing all these ratings, he is going through the house, searching everything, and in the footage, you see this dark mass, which to me looks like someone's finger accidentally getting in the shot, like what I do all the time because I don't know how to work cameras. Mm -hmm. But either way, he ends up touching the wall right where this black figure is seen and suddenly gets like super faint and is like, I need a glass of water. I need to leave the house. They leave the house. He ends up later that night getting admitted to the hospital where they find out that all of his organs are completely shutting down and doctors can't explain it at all because he's never had any prior health conditions. Weird. Also, people in Zach's crew started to either quit for no reason at all. I mean, definitely a reason definitely a reason or had to be fired due to the hostility from the house like possessing them which if you watch the documentary you'll see one of his uh crewmen like pops off hmm. and gets like completely possessed and doesn't want anything to do with it anymore and zach kind of knew time was ticking and he didn't want anyone else to get hurt from his crew so he decided to lock himself in the house like he boarded up the house like boarded up the house and had policeman charles literally screw the last piece of plywood into the house so he had no way of getting out unless they called the fire department which seems a little theatrical by the way he's boarded up in this house with all the plywood and everything and he starts to experience like a lot of feel like intense feelings and anger and he ends up claiming that something happens to where now he has permanent eye damage that he has to wear a specific lens for and like he could go blind because of it from something that happens in the house and then at the end of the documentary he claims that the film is cursed and to view it at your own risk i don't know why he wouldn't say that at the start i feel like he should have said that i feel like yeah so a lot of people claim that that's cursed especially zach baggins and then the house was actually demolished in 2016 Because the movie wasn't supposed to be incredibly long to film, but Mm -hmm. I guess thing after thing after thing went wrong. And so it took three years for them to film it, which is a long time for Zach Baggins, I guess. Jeez Louise. And yeah, that is the story of the Demon House. And they actually, Zach Baggins' museum, which has the largest collection of haunted items, Mm -hmm. is in uh, Las Vegas. And they actually have the staircase and dirt i know i told faith and faith was like we should go faith no i was like faith do you know what's there because i know what's there i know i'm good i'm i'm good i'm good i don't want to look at the pictures of that stuff i'm good i'm good i'm okay i'm good i'm okay i'm okay Mm -hmm. i don't want to disrespect anything Mm -hmm. of that nature and so i do not claim the energy i I don't claim this energy you know i am just but a humble human 
that is trying not to interfere with I'm any of reading. that. I'm just reading. I'm stuff. just. I'm, I'm just, just doing the best. Stuff. That's it. Yeah. Well, mine is not as it's scary <laughs> for sure. Scary for sure, but in a totally different way. So exorcisms, just like you talked about, mine is also an exorcism. <laughs> Fun fact. And whenever I think exorcisms, especially your story, reminds me of like The Conjuring, which that movie triggered me, triggered me. The Exorcist triggered me. But typically whenever you think about exorcisms, you're thinking of like that kind of like Hollywood depiction of exorcisms. So it's like priest in the chair yelling while like throwing holy water and doing all this kind of stuff and people, you know, their heads spinning completely around like just doing really inhuman things but today we're gonna be talking about the exorcism or the botched exorcism of kennedy eif oh oh is correct where do we start kennedy was a 26 year old engineer okay oh seemingly normal kid had five other brothers and his two parents obviously whenever other people kind of explain them charismatic christians super religious that was their scene and one day kennedy started acting really strange and started complaining about a pain in his throat and his stomach and all this kind of stuff and became quite aggressive after complaining about this pain which was super abnormal because he's usually not an aggressive guy he's usually super easygoing and he even went as far as to threatening to cut off his own penis that's a little a extreme. little extreme for someone who's just like <laughs> feeling a little bad with like a sore throat. And he even was reported to bite his own father. Oh. Yeah. Which his father did have bite marks to do that in a fit of just unmanageable rage is what his parents say. This is whenever Kennedy's parents in August of 2016 decide it's time to restrain him and pray over him, seeing this as a domestic issue. Oh, is what they call it in the in the case, a domestic issue. So with his parents being so Christian, I can kind of see why they would want to take matters into their own hands because they don't want the church to find out about this. And like, unfortunately, church people talk, (laughs) even though, you know, talking badly about others is not really a thing that is supported in the church. But you could see why they would get ridiculed if something like this was happening underneath their own home. Yeah. Like, what were they doing that caused this to happen? And Kennedy, after a few hours of his family praying over him, seemingly became a little better. And this is whenever Kennedy's father, Kenneth, suggests that two of the brothers take Kennedy out for a walk outside to just kind of, like, give him some fresh air, to kind of, like, make him feel a little bit better. But this, again, is whenever he has another outburst, screaming in the streets, and he's, again, reported to attempt to headbutt his brother, which is super weird for him because, again, he's not an aggressive fellow. And Kennedy screamed that he didn't want to go to church any longer, which could be seen as a problem by his family. And this frightened them to their core because, again, charismatic Christians... Often in their free time, they're going to Sunday school. They're going to other church classes and activities and all that kind of stuff. That's what they did in their spare time. And with this being a red flag, 
things start to escalate with the parents and they feel like an exorcism is the only way to protect their boy. And Kennedy also mentions the devil's mark, like the 666, like the, the mark of the beast and stuff like that. And he also described to his parents that he had a snake living inside of him. Oh, that's interesting. Which we know in the Bible, the serpent is Satan. Satan. So, of course, being Christians, they're very afraid for their son. When Kennedy was restrained by visible and violent force, the family continued to pray over him, taking shifts between the parents and his five brothers. And this is a house full of boys, and they're all pretty strong. And three of them were actually seen participating in the restraint of Kennedy using cables and handcuffs and a bunch of other things. And it wasn't until the third day where he was showing signs of dehydration that one of the brother finally reaches out to emergency services. And this is whenever he starts to have a change in breathing is whenever he decides to call. He's like, Oh, I don't know. Like he's dehydrated and his breathing is different. I'm going to call nine, nine, nine. Cause in London they call nine, nine, nine. And when first responders arrive at their London home, which by the way, this is a really nice neighborhood in London. So you got a home in you London. You got a home in London. You bougie. You bougie. And this is one of her co- Kennedy's body temp was significantly higher than it should have been. So obviously he was suffering from a fever. And even with paramedics trying to cool him down his body temperature and trying to resuscitate him that it doesn't work. And this is whenever Kennedy's brother calls out a resurrection in the name of Jesus. And of course, with no prevail, Kennedy passes at 10, 17 a.m. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. Dead. So probably from starvation and dehydration for being bound for three days. Probably not being taken to the bathroom because they're terrified of the violent you know, he tried to headbutt his brother, tried, he bit his dad. I feel like that doesn't call being killed, like uh, restrained and like, yeah, not and given that's, any food and water. And that's where a lot of the questions come to rise in this case is because of how Christian the family was. They were 100% convinced that this was a demon inside of him trying to kill Kennedy from the inside out Mm. and say what you want about religions, say what you want about exorcisms. Cause I believe in exorcisms and I believe in paranormal and demons and all that kind of stuff. Hence why it was getting so uncomfortable during your story. But in the court of law, obviously they can't take all of that into account. You know what I'm saying? They do, but it can't be your defense if that makes sense. Yeah. Cause being a being a charismatic Christian doesn't mean you get to neglect people. Exactly. And that's basically what this whole entire case is kind of based around. So the seven members of the I family are then put on trial for manslaughter, false imprisonment, and the death of a vulnerable adult. Because when later searching the house, they end up finding a the the cables that they use to restrain him. 
they end up finding the handcuffs that were that looked like they were tossed like they were trying to get rid of them or something like that i i'm not really sure yeah because he died and what looks a little suspicious a little suspicious and whenever the first responders come to arrive and and try to resuscitate him they never once mentioned the possession maybe because they were embarrassed or maybe because they were so distraught as to what was happening um it kind of makes it look a little a little sketch it's a little sus yeah a little sketch and they end up uncovering a letter on on kennedy's mother's bedstand trying to make sure that i say this correctly and it was, if you feel your son is under a spell, pick up earth and throw it to north, south, east, and west for four days. After, there will be an encounter. So she's trying everything she can. Where did she find this again? This is on Kennedy's mother's nightstand. Where did she get that? Where where do, where would I find that? To me, it doesn't really sound religious. It sounds more... It sounds sounds like she talked to one of her girlfriends and they were like, I got you. Oh, baby, you just take the earth and you throw it this way, this way, this way. Like, it just seems very odd, but this does help them in their case of the possession. And in a postmortem examination, it is found that Kennedy had over 60 wounds comparable to that of being forcibly restrained and even bite marks were found on his body. (laughs) And in the case, whenever... Kenneth Kennedy's dad goes on on trial and goes on the stand he talks about how he did instruct the boys and gave them permission to use overwhelming force to restrain him but insists that he was not associated with cults occults any kind of secret societies and that they did not plan a role in the play of his dad in the play of his dad in the play of his death so again say what you want you can only hypothesize because unfortunately this is the court of law and it's just facts are facts opinions are opinions and thoughts are discarded yeah (laughs) like you can think whatever you want but unfortunately you have to look at what's given to you and what facts are in front of you to be able to make that decision and only four days after some serious deliberation between the jury all seven members were cleared of all of their charges i have some questions (laughs) how do you how do you get how do you murder someone and then get cleared of charges cleared of all of the charges the manslaughter the neglect the i feel like they should at least have been charged with neglect i agree I get he, they were terrified and they believed him to be possessed, but that's not an excuse to deprive someone Mm -hmm. of basic human needs. Mm -hmm. Now, if that person wants to deprive themselves Mm -hmm. of basic human needs, then you could do that. But I don't... With being restrained, I don't think there was any... No. There was any kennedy making decisions for himself no especially with the lack of like he was dehydrated obviously malnourished after three days i'm sure they weren't taking him to go to the restroom i'm sure they weren't you know 
giving him the care that he probably needed, but that could have been because they believe that he was possessed by the devil. So that's like a really, really weird case that yeah. it's like, is it murder or was this an exorcism that unfortunately did not get the the right. satisfaction the satisfaction that it could have deemed you know like had they involved maybe a priest to help them or maybe after 24 hours taken him to 24 48 hours whatever you want to do taking him to go get medical attention or consult someone else even but that's just so weird that you would die after three days well like, if that's he had a weird. if he had a fever and he was dehydrated and all that kind of stuff i could see how that stress on his body could cause him to die you know what i'm saying that's just weird very weird so that's why they're like convinced that the devil took him like he was talking about the snake but then again whenever you have a fever you're kind of delusional you know you're kind of saying things that you don't want to say but the fact that he was attacking the church specifically is what made the family so frightful yeah so mine was scary, but not on the level that yours was on. <laughs> I have to drive home after this and I'm not okay. I am not okay, but Reggie Peggy is so. I know. Reagan Pagan has been passed mm-hmm. out this entire time between us. Just so happy. I'll probably post one picture on Instagram. Do it. And just say, if you want more, I'll picture. post more. But I love him. He's our uh, poster. Ooh, big stretch. Oh. I love the way he curls his toes. Oh, when he curls his toes. Oh, it makes me so happy. Ooh, he's the cutest baby in the world. I love him so much. So, if you move into a home that has a bunch of flies and the entire ground is cemented except for and your house is literally oozing liquid (laughs) yeah and you have one patch of earth in your basement that's not being used for drugs maybe leave and if you suspect a family member might need an exorcism maybe get a certified exerciser and a certified priest to perform that exorcism just as extra help we know you're capable but get yeah. some extra help in there. Yeah. There's a reason why they're certified. And also, which I'm not going to be doing tonight. No, nope. <laughs> which I'm not going to be doing for a long time. Sleep with the lights on and, and don't, don't sleep, sleep alone. alone.